With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Alive. Yeah, yeah, yes you do, because we just did. Uh, Hi, all. Howdy, all. Uh, It is July 31st. For some of us, this is almost as exciting as hockey trade deadline day. And the reason for that is, A, first of all, it's the non-waiver trade deadline for baseball. And, B, the hockey trade deadline has been so crappy the last few years because of the salary cap and the lack of any kind of mechanism to make it more exciting that I don't even look forward to. I mean, I I shouldn't say this because we have a show and everybody does look forward to it, but honestly, the last few years for us, the the hockey trade deadline has been rather disappointing because there's not a lot of movement. There's not, but, you know, it's become more important for guys like me because a lot of the movement are younger players. And so for me, it feels like it's pretty good every year because – I, you know, have to report on who these young players are and let people know. And and so, like, for me, it seems busy, but I get it for his blockbuster factor now. Right. I mean, okay, I, I would, you know, the, the the Yankees made a deal a couple days ago picking up uh, a journeyman pitcher named Jaime Garcia for right. a couple prospects. You know, nobody knows who these prospects are right now. Three or four years down the line, if the guy makes the major leagues, you'll say, oh, they got him for Jaime Garcia, and then all of a sudden the Yankees look stupid. But um, Jaime Garcia is the type of player that in hockey gets moved at the deadline. It's sort of a fifth, sixth defenseman, Mm -hmm. ninth forward. Mm -hmm. Unlike the hockey trade deadline, in baseball, you're talking about you Darvish getting moved. You're talking about Sonny Gray, who's a – relatively respectful. Although the Sonny Gray move is taking like forever. Well, it and and for, you know, Sonny Gray is an Oakland pitcher, and the, and the whole reason why this is a game going back and forth purportedly between the Yankees and the A's is because Gray is one of these unusual tra- trade pieces where he's under control for a couple more years, and the reason that he's being traded now is because Oakland, as usual, will not have the money to pay him what he's worth in a couple years. So they figure, let's get rid of him now. Let's get good prospects for him. And this is just the the small market thing that Oakland has to go through all the time. Yeah, Billy Bean's getting fed up, though. And maybe that's another thing that's holding up this trade is he's getting fed up with ownership, like basically not really supporting him with anything. Well, okay. And that's fair. If you watched the movie Moneyball, and you never know how accurate movies are compared to the book and compared to real life, but Billy Bean had a chance basically to be Theo Epstein. He had a chance to go to Boston in 2004, 2005, or 2003, excuse me, uh, before, before they won the World Series. He had a chance to go, and he didn't go. And then Theo Epstein took over and won, and broke the broke the curse. So I mean, and he's been stuck in Oakland for all these years. It's it's like being stuck in Ottawa as a GM in terms of not being able to spend the money. And at a certain point, if you're a great, if you're a well-respected GM, you want to go someplace where you have a pocketbook and you can spend. Yeah, he should go back to the team that drafted him, the New York Mets. But anyhow, okay. Hey, right. Hey, Ak, how's it going? Hey guys, sorry about the delay. 
All right. We're just just uh, killing just killing time with baseball talk, so we can start the show now. <laughs> I watched my uh, first baseball game from beginning to end uh, that I've watched in uh, four or five years uh, yesterday. Was it a Phillies game? Yeah, the Phillies won in on the last play of the game. That's a rarity in, in and of itself. It's been two games in a row. Apparently, they won on the last play of the game. Yeah. Um, so I, um, I don't know. I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I, was, I was I was sleeping, so I have to admit I were point that I don't remember innings four through seven, but I did see it. I think that's fair in your yeah. subconscious mind. There you go. Yeah, Listen, I, I think a lot of people in the organization could say that for the Phillies. So people covering them yeah. too. I know it's, it's fun, you know, because I, I, it's so weird because I, I used to, when I was a kid, I mean, I really knew all the Phillies. Like, I had Larry Boa shirts, and I was, like, completely, like, I knew everybody on the team for many years there um, during the Boa, Trio, Schmidt. But you also had less to do. Yes, yeah. it's true. And, and I got, but I, now when I turn the game on, I, I just, I, I don't know any of these guys. So I'm, I'm sitting on it, I'm just... You know, I'm like, ah, the new Heck, I, I know baseball, and I don't know some of these guys. Yeah, the Phillies have a lot of no-name guys. They, they really got a good shortstop, though. It's pretty good. Yeah, the shortstop is pretty good. He uh, He's a good prospect. You hope that he, – he wasn't doing great in AAA, though, so you hope that, it, you know, he good does fielder. okay on major. He's a good fielder. It's fun to watch. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. I was I was like shortstop. I'm a big fan. So she made some really nice plays. And yesterday I got so bored after that that I actually watched the um, – the, outdoor game between San Jose and LA that was on the NHL network. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to plead ignorance here because if it's on somewhere, I, I don't know about it, but I was so bored at times yesterday that if the world junior summer showcase from Plymouth, Michigan was on TV, I would have watched it. It's, it's it was, coming on Mike. It's um in a couple days, check your local. Yeah, it's on. Yeah, it's all, It'll yeah. be on like August 3rd, 4th, 5th, I think. Okay, yeah, because the the right now they're still in the split squads with Canada yeah. and and you and U.S., but it gets down to like full squads later. This yeah, week. I, I'm going to give you my biggest takeaway of that so far, and I haven't seen any of it, but just mm -hmm. for what I'm reading online and and getting from USA Hockey, now some of those people that were like, you know, Casey Middlestack couldn't do a pull up, and you know, he doesn't look like he's in great shape, but he's scoring a couple points a game. Maybe he is really good. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. And the and the other things I'm t I'm taking away from the reports that are coming there and seeing some of the some of the video, uh, Rasmus Dahlin is esta establishing himself even more as the clear number one for next year's draft. I'm not going there because you know here's the thing. First thing is this is the summer, and and so things are going to change during the year as well. Mm -hmm. right. Also, Svechnikov is a different kind of player. Like he's way different than his brother. He's right, a lot faster, and he has a lot more quick strike ability. What I'm what I'm saying is, Russ, is that I mean, right now, Dolan is is rank is currently ranked as the number one, and he's playing very well at this tournament. I'm not saying he's guaranteed, and we know if Sechnikov steps up and has a great season, then you know, it very he very well could could be the number one pick. I'm just saying, you know, yeah, he's it, not doing. He's not doing any harm to his reputation right no. now at this tournament. Uh, Timothy Liljegren is looking really good from from reports. Not any good. I, I've heard it from people. He's Liljegren's not good. That's what people tell me. <laughs> if you listen to those those nameless, faceless people that are like, "And eh, Liljegren's not that good. He's dropping in the draft. He can't be that good." No, I no, God forbid. 
And, uh, and, yeah. um, uh, this and, is when I laugh at everybody because like, this is the rhetoric that goes into the draft. And then you start seeing these kids play. And some of these people are literally seeing these kids play for the first time. And then all of a sudden the tune changes like, Oh, and it's like, yeah, that's why, that's why you have to be on a very even keel in, in the prospect business. You really do. Yeah. I mean, uh, we know like it was weird because I feel like, I feel like we haven't heard like the last guy, I really remember hearing about before their draft year was like Nolan Patrick to a degree, you know, but like that was a couple years ago and then it sort of stock dropped. But then, you know, obviously you were hearing about Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews for a while, but there doesn't seem to be a guy now. Well, Darlene, you're starting to hear more about Darlene, but, but Darlene, I watched him play a year before people were talking about him, you know, I mean, so is he a generational player though? I mean, he could be, he really could be. He's he's better than Lil Jagrin. I can tell you that. He's bigger, he's bigger than Wilgergren. He's, he's six bigger. Two, he's six two and one hundred and ninety, and he's and he's seventeen years old. Yeah, okay, he, right. he could be a generational guy. They're like a sixteen or fifteen year old. That anybody knows about right now? Only well, I mean, there's there is a kid now. What the heck is his name? <sighs> Are we talking about the kid who played in the queue? No, not Valeno, not Joe Valeno. No, there's a kid. Hold on, I'll get him for you. Because I always look for those. It's always fun to kind of find those. I, I yeah. You know, there have to be. I just don't know. You know, you have, usually if you have a, somebody whose kid is in that, you know, 15 or 16-year-old age group, they know it. And uh, and uh, uh, Brady Kachuk is also opening some eyes, as as would expected with the name Kachuk. Yeah, yeah. don't get crazy, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure he's as good as Matthew. And the thing is, when you're big like all the Kachuks are and you could go in the crease, you are going to score a lot of points, especially in a summer thing like this so i but i i won't get crazy about brady kachuk how many kachuks could a woodchuck no i'm just kidding um okay. let's start the show please yeah i know i have to do it every time we get that okay uh well as you're looking for that rest we'll get to the we'll start the show out yeah. here um if, we, if you know it's fine if we see anything no i got it it's in my notes here huh? go, go, go. start the show we'll get it there we go ready okay so let's see today is the last day of july right 31st of july yep <laughs> It is that. You're looking good there, Mike. I like your backdrop. Looks really nice. Thank you. Um, <laughs> here we go. Ready? Hello, Hockey World. It's Monday, July 31st, 2017. I'm Professor Michael Agello. I like it. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. I have like one degree. That's it. <laughs> one. And I'm Eklund. And you're watching Hockey Buzzcast at HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes every Monday through Friday at this time to fill you in the comings and goings in the hockey world. I'm sorry, my shirt says, a done adulting for today. My kids gave me this. I like this. Um, and, uh, yeah, and we're here to fill you in. Now we are almost exactly one month out of the UF, out of UFA day now. We get to August 1st, which this is, this is probably the next week or so, next two weeks, maybe this deadest weeks in all of hockey. But we're going to be starting very soon the um, – our team previews, so we're going to get into that, and um, because there really are only, I was thinking about this, you know, when you take out weekend days, you're talking about 50-some days left, so we're about maybe 10 days away from... Yeah, mid, by mid-August, by mid August, by mid-August, we should be doing team... Yeah, practice. yeah, I like, to, I like to take them so we can get, like, in one for an entire day this year, so maybe we can start in, in one um, in one week or so, um, but that would be good, and then we could get through it all, and it would be fun, because I really do like doing that. Um, yeah, I think it's good to do that. It is always it's always good just in general because it makes you do a lot of research and learn a lot about the teams. Well, let's start with some breaking news that happened just a few minutes ago. Um, yeah, go ahead. Uh, 
the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets announced a one-year contract extension for uh, John Tortorella. Now, this is, I mean, <laughs> one, obviously one coach, coach of the year. He was entering the final year of his deal, so they gave him a, a, a year on the, on the contract to extend through 2018-19. Um, I mean, I think it's well-deserved because he was named coach of the year and he got a team that not a lot of people thought we were going to make the playoffs into the playoffs. And I think it was the third best record in the NHL. So yeah. pretty I, surprising. I, I thought in a way, in the fact that it's a one-year deal. Yeah. That's the one-year extension. One-year extension. So it's this year and another year, right? So, mm -hmm. but still, but, I mean, yeah. they're not going all in on John Tortorella that they're not. Well, they I think, really and, and I think this is really smart on their part. Um, well, and I think for a lot of reasons, but go ahead, Mike. I, I think that John Davidson, knowing Tortorella, knows that that the type of coach that he is, and this is not a criticism, but the type of coach that he is, that he has a limited shelf life. That you can't, you know, a guy who now, you know, this is the newer, the newer version of John, the kind, the kinder, gentler John. But I think we know hmm. that he's still that push the button type coach, you know, push the you know emotional button type coach and i think yeah. that they yeah he is i think i think the thing about this that's really good though is that it is not just it's not just if they were just signing him for this year only that would be a problem but i think what's important for tortorella is that players know i mean not as much as you can know because player i mean how many times have guys signed extensions and been fired three months later i mean it happens all the time but the fact is the, a coach like tortorella sort of needs a team to know that he's not going anywhere necessarily they they it, because if, if you're tortorella's on his final year um, the team can turn on him pretty quickly. Well, it, you know, and then this this gives him a little bit more power. I mean, this is the this is why he was a terrible choice for the um, for the U.S. Olympic team because he's just well, you, you have to be you have to. Tortorella plays a long game with players. Um, he he plays a very long game with players, and it's not something that you can pick. You know, what he does and the way he works with players is it goes over months, not days. We know that we know that the Jack Adams is no uh, insurance or guarantee of a, of a job because there have been many coaches who've won it and then within eighteen to twenty four months they're out of a job. But right, this is similar. I mean, and I'm not comparing the two situations because one was having success and the other one wasn't. But if you remember, uh, it was a couple months before he was fired that Ron Wilson got an extension from the Leafs for the following year. It was right. viewed, viewed upon as sort of a golden parachute. It's like, okay, we know his contract is – and same thing with Randy Carlisle. Randy Carlisle got an extension after the year that they had that late season collapse. He was given a year extension as, you know, okay, the, yeah. there's some security here. And then he ends up getting fired. And that's, I mean, I think that's the reality. I mean, I, I, I think you're right in the sense that they didn't buy in for four or five years because, I, I, like I said, I think they realize that he's not a long, long-term coach, but they still want to reward him for the award yeah. that he won last year and the success that they're having right now. He's getting the Mike Keenan treatment. That's what he's yeah. getting. He is. He is. He's getting like treatment. treatment. Um, I think it's smart. Which is fair. I mean, again, yeah, it is. You I know, mean, you don't know the year that Torts might just, you know, go off the deep end with this team. Yeah, I mean, the last time Torts was fired, there were questions whether he would ever coach again in the, in the NHL. Let's not forget well, that. So, that was the, that was the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, but there were serious questions about that. I mean, so much yes. so that he took a job with the U.S. team, not just thinking that, yeah, I might as well take that because I probably won't get their job. I mean, just because, because of the fact he's an old school coach, because of the fact he is, I mean, he's sort of bucking the trend of 
coaches, but he's done a pretty good job at adjusting. He's not that old to be an old school coach either. So, um, you know, I mean, how old is Tori Rella? It's like 60 something. Yeah, I, mean, I would think so. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, this is a good move. It's a good, it's a good safe move on all sides. I think. Here's I, I do have that player for you. It's uh, oh. Jack Hughes. Jack he's, Hughes. A, he's a center, but the, the problem is, and he's a 2019 draft guy. Right oh. now he's only five foot nine. By twenty nineteen, you know, he could be six foot something. Like right, right. Yeah, you know, Jack And Jack Hughes he's Jack Hughes is the for is the son of former Leafs uh I think it was director of player personnel uh, Jim Hughes. So yeah. yeah. Okay, wow. So, so that's a, so that's that's a, a name to watch. And he's playing for the Marlboros and yeah. so that's he's okay. well, actually cool. I think he just I think he's going did they have the OHL draft yet? I think they yeah, did. Yeah, right? I think he was he was drafted in the top three. He was or four. drafted. Yeah, he was expected to go high in that. Very cool. That's good to know. I like that. So that would you heard yeah, here. Yeah, the results. Hold on for the OHL draft. Um, well, okay. While you're doing that, there were a yeah. few contracts I, over the. I got some things here. Yeah, let me start. Let me. I'm gonna. Yeah, go. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I've got my uh, med, my madness here. So um, <laughs> sorry. Um, before we get into the before we get into the draft picks, I had a question for you guys too because I wanted to talk about you know. We were talking a little bit last week and a couple weeks ago about popular teams in the NHL, and I wanted to you to. I was surprised to find out the team that's going to play the most times on national TV next year. Uh, this is usually the. This is usually goes to the Penguins. I'll throw that out there right out of the way. So usually, uh, I, I, I saw the I saw the release. So I release on this. Okay. So I'm gonna go with the Nashville Predators. No, 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 no. That would have been that's interesting because I, I I do wonder how popular Predators have become after the playoffs, but that's not them for sure. Um, it is a Western Conference team though, which is usually which is odd because usually the most you, the Eastern Conference has so many big time markets um, that normally you know you've seen the Penguins, the Flyers, the Capitals, the Rangers. Rangers are typically one of the ones that are on the on the most for sure. Yeah, um, you know. But no, it's it's the Chicago Blackhawks who, um, yeah. and that's who not are, surprising at all. It's not. It's it's a little surprising, I think. I mean, and uh, and so in the, I think the Blackhawks are kind of on the down part of their curve a little bit. Just a, but they're just, a rep, they're a reputation team. Act. Well, they're, they're not they're, on the down part. They do have a lot of young players. I mean, they really do. it's hard to say. It's it's so yeah. hard to say. I mean, obviously you count count them out before, but you know, I'm just, they're, they're okay. They're a reputation team. They've won three Stanley Cups in the last decade. They're in a. It, they're in the the third, the second or third biggest television market in the country. Yeah. Of course, they're going to be loaded up. It makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't. It does make some sense, but I don't think. I think that usually, I'm surprised that the Penguins weren't. I mean, the Penguins continually continue to be, you know, I think the biggest draw. Like whenever you talk to people like Comcast or NBC, that when they have a, you know. That's usually why you would go for this. Yeah, but I have an answer for that. I do. Actually, two things. So Jack Hughes went eighth overall. He he could have gone higher, but but that's pretty good. It doesn't really matter. OHL draft. I mean, you know, not all these kids are superstars, yeah. even if you go first. Right. Where are you here's, here's, here's the thing though, with um with Chicago. Okay. Patrick Kane is slowly putting an assault on all the US scoring records. And yeah. so as he keeps doing that. They're going to plug U.S. players, and so it's not shocking to me that they're going to have him on a lot because, you know, like I said, he's he's making great strides now in that area. Interesting. Okay, I like I get that. I like that. I think that that's, that as Patrick Kane has been is that you know the the argument about if he's going to become by the end of it all like the best U.S. sport hockey player of all time is very real. 
I yeah. think. Plus, you know, and I've heard that's an argument we'll have for sure. But plus, Mike, plus, you have to factor in that I think NBC is trying to get at least a little bit of a balance between Eastern Conference, Western Conference, not having everything from the from the Northeastern corridor. And if you have games with Chicago, they start at eight or eight thirty. And right. could be, and they could be playing Western Conference teams that don't get on there as much. So, it, in terms of a balance, it, 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 and you know, and they also could be playing a team from the East, like the Rangers or the or the or the or the uh, or the Brewers. Well, yeah, twelve of their seventeen teams are from Eastern Conference teams. Okay, so it's a it's an East West thing or an East and three against thing. three of them are against the Blues. So you get like you know, you kind of like after that you got just Nashville and San Jose, I believe, or something like that. So it's a, it's a yeah, it's definitely. Those have to be rivalry night games, the Wednesday night yeah, rivalry. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so now on to some signings. Can make it into two. Um, the one yesterday, the um, the first one, um, you know, like I like to call him, um, Neil, uh, no, Neil Sherry, actually. Well, Sherry signs, Sherry signs a three-year deal with, with, the, with the Penguins. Three years, Connor Sherry, $9 million. Um, really good signing. I think, I think a really solid signing. He certainly should give uh, Sidney Crosby a cut. Yes. Because without Sidney Crosby, we wouldn't even, we wouldn't even be talking about Connor Sherry. Not that he's <laughs> not good, but he just wouldn't have gotten that kind of chance to really break on the scene on a top flight team and have an immediate impact the way he did it. Now, granted, he was in the AHL for a little while, but yeah. not every player in the AHL gets a chance to not only come up from the AHL. But gets to play with Sidney Crosby, like it's been huge for him. Oh no, he should, he should definitely give Sidney. But also, Crosby needs to give him a cut too, because Sherry brought Crosby out of the doldrums two years ago. Yes, he did. A big part of Sherry, uh, you know, the biggest thing about Sherry at the time that he came in with a couple other guys that came in with him from those Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins, were that the Penguins had gotten a little bit stale and they weren't having a whole lot of fun around around the team and. Talking to players in there and, and people, they say they, this is two years ago before they turned it around. Right, right when they hired their new coach, right when Sullivan came in, you know, this was they they were a mess yeah. in terms of the fact that they were not playing well and they were not there was not a good attitude or feeling around the team and they weren't having any fun. Um, and when a creative team like this that's made up of skilled players stops having fun, it can go sour really fast, and that's what was happening. Here's how you know. Here's how and, you know Sidney Crosby's had a huge impact. And I'm not even going to use the college numbers. But if you look at the Wilkes Bar numbers, his best year was 45 points, 20 goals. Yeah, right. He had 23 goals and 53 points in the NHL last year. Right. And, and but at the same time, sometimes, you know, some players are better NHL players than NHL players. No, no. The year before, he had 10 points, and he had right. 10 and, and, playoffs. And this was, the, this was the thing that I wrote about yesterday, and, and I won't go into the Leaf aspect of it, but I was using Sherry as a, as a comparative to Connor Brown. And if you, if you look – you know, Sherry has a, he had one half a season where, like you said, Russ, he scored ten points. He had a really good playoff. Yes. The, the first the first year, I think he scored ten points in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, and helped them win their first Stanley Cup since two thousand nine. This year, he has a great regular season, fifty three points, and he has I think what most people would consider a disappointing playoff compared to what he did the previous year. Yeah. That still got him three years at nine for nine million, three million AAV. Yeah. On one good regular season. Right. A guy like Connor Brown, who I was comparing him to, Connor Brown had point per game for seven games last year or two years ago. This year had 20 goals in his rookie season, playing mostly a defensive role. 
but didn't do any, you know, the, didn't do anything in the playoffs. I, you know, and Shiri's got two Stanley Cups. So I, I, I think in, when general managers use the comparative of Shiri, which everybody does for certain players, will do for yeah. certain players. You know, Connor Brown probably is not going to get three million bucks. So right. I think this was a good deal for Pittsburgh in the sense that you got a guy who compete, who con- who who contributed in the playoffs, put up fifty three points, even though it was with Crosby, and you still got him for a pretty reasonable set of salary for yeah. three years. I think it's a really good deal for them. I do too. I think it is, and I, and he really is important to the team. And, and he, is- oh, he is. I mean, his speed's important. He's a smart player, but 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 again, at twenty five, yeah. Most players don't get the breaks he got. No, no, that's true. And he just, and it just happened. I mean, he really has been like, if, it, if they had a puzzle, he was the piece, you know, like he's yeah. that thing and became such a, and it, not to say he doesn't, you know, at times, I remember, I remember watching, I think the first Stanley Cup, when I was sitting with you in the press box for the first Stanley Cup for the Penguins against the Sharks, Russell, we were talking yeah. about, you could see Sherry would make really big mistakes. Like he would make oh, yeah. obvious oh. mistakes that were, but you know, his speed or, and or the players he was with, it just you would forget about it because he would come back and score a big goal or make a big play, but you know he's he's not flawless any of any stretch of the imagination. His size does affect him, you know, like he does he does get pushed around. I think and 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 you but you know he still manages to come up with a, the right play at the right time and he manages to make Crosby comfortable for whatever reason and that's an enormous thing. I'll tell you I mean, the difference though when we were watching that game act we were eating like wonderfully cheese soaked yeah. pretzels instead of like stale. Onion dip. That's true. That is a big thing, you know. I mean, because, well, you know, in Pittsburgh especially, which is, like, one of the coolest places to have the Stanley Cup final because they put us in the auxiliary press box, which is by far the better place to sit because you're in the yeah. top, you're in the first level. It's awesome. And, uh, and you've got great food right behind you, so that's always good. Okay. Um, um, and, you know, okay. nice let, let, let me bring up another another contract, um, which uh, yep. there was a, it was a, a little bit of debate on this show. Show regarding it, which was and it happened. I think I believe it happened after our after our show on Friday, was the Ryan Johansson deal for eight years. Oh yeah, you, I thought you might bring that up. Yeah, eight years, sixty four million dollars, <laughs> which is the same contract that Phil Kessel signed with Toronto a few years ago. Um, uh, now exactly what you predicted, Mike. Yeah, I mean, act they they again they had to, they absolutely yeah. That's the way I saw it the same way. They 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 this is. This is a deal they had to make for all the right reasons. I mean, it is all the right reasons. But again, we'll probably hear the negative side from Eck right now. So go ahead, Eck. No, I don't. I'm not. Gonna be I'm not. Uh, no, I mean, hell, you know, this is. I'm a Preds guy, you know. So I'm not gonna be negative. I, I just think that I want this to be exactly what you're saying. I want this to be the deal that that and I want him to earn this money and for the next eight years keep the, keep the Predators as a competitive Cup contender. That's if that happens, then fine, you know. Um, I have my questions if I would have done it myself. I, I just had some questions on my own, but obviously they didn't. And, uh, you know, so, or they did and they couldn't do anything else. So whatever it is, you know, you might be right about that, that they had to do this. Um, I don't know, you know, and I know where we are in the NHL, they, they did it for sure. It will be interesting to see. I want to see how he reacts to this. And I want to see him come out with a huge year because that to me is, you know, he's been way better when he's been in contract years throughout his career so far, mm-hmm. he's been a different player. Now he's not in a contract year until you know my youngest is out of college. So I want to make sure that we get, I want to make sure that this is that he's going to do what they want to do what they want him to do here. Well, the one thing the one thing I did notice with all the contracts that Nashville has signed, 
um, the Arvidsson seven-year deal, this deal, the, I believe even the uh, the Benino deal. Yeah. They're all they're all flat salary. It's not yeah. like front-loaded ten, yeah. twelve million dollars. It's all. I mean, Johansson is eight million, and it's straight eight million throughout the eight years. Uh, Arvidsson, it's four point two five million. It's straight four point two five million. No, no, no signing bonus, and and no fluctuation in the AAV. It's flat, and I, I, I you know, which I don't know if that's a sign of just an organization being. And I'm mean, this isn't a, a a knock against them, just being conservative and not wanting to front low, you know, to pay out money early as as a, maybe a motivation. They figure they they want them if they want to stay there in Nashville, then you know, it's based on the fact that Nashville is a great place to play and not. A perk of being front, having a front-loaded deal. Well, the one thing they didn't do with this or the last deal is sort of make it lockout-proof either. No. no. Yeah, they, they did not make. I'm glad they didn't do that. I hate lockout-proof deals. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but every but act every free agent. If you look at it, I know. every every one of the major free agents. If you look, it at, is the dumbest thing in the world for owners to do. I mean, think about, think about what this, think about what this entails. Like what is happening when you're doing this? I mean, you are guaranteeing a player money and they don't have to play. Mm -hmm. um, and, and they could be the ones who decide whether or not they play or not. But these owners can afford it. Act. They wouldn't do it if they couldn't afford yeah, it. it. It think about the other, so that all the other, you know, the, cause the guys who are at the top of this, of the pyramid are the ones who tend to be, their agents are the ones who are controlling this whole thing. They really are. Um, you know, so the the super agents are controlling these. You know, they're the ones who have Donald Fear's ear. They're the ones who are in there, and if they're they're the ones who need to be pushing their agents to push Donald Fair to make things happen. If you're an owner, and right. don't I mean, not every hockey player wants to play hockey, so it's hard to sit there and say that no one, anyone's going to sit back and not want to play hockey, right? But well, I mean, if I'm a player, if I'm a player who doesn't have a lockout proof contract. And a guy who's making millions of dollars above me has a lockout-proof contract. I'm really pissed off. I mean, honestly, if you're if if we're holding out, he's making millions of dollars by not doing anything. I'm making nothing. It's what, you know it's, what? Yeah. It's, it's when you become a free agent, and you take advantage of the opportunity. But the payoff for the owner here is the fact that maybe they're getting this deal for a little less of an AAV than they normally would. There's a, there there is a give and take. I mean, a yeah. guy a guy well, like. Saying, Mike. I mean, I'm sorry, but what is that saying? <laughs> Think about what you just said. It's saying that the system is corrupt. Is what it's saying. We know that. Yeah, it's so it's so ridiculous. It's unfair to the other players. It's unfair to the fans. It's unfair to the team. Well, but, but some of these players are sort of the face of the franchise for these yeah. owners, and what we don't see that they deal with behind the scenes is like when the owner, you know, calls that star player and says, "Hey, can you meet us after the game so I can introduce you to some oh, people?" No, trust and me. They I'm do all those crazy. kinds of things. Russ, I'm with you 100 on that. I totally get that. I mean, I, and I believe that that's a huge thing, and that's why that you know we've seen Crosby even in years when he's not, when he wasn't in the All Star game or whatever, he was at the All Star game. You know, that, right. They these players, some of these players have to do that. There is no yes. two ways about that, and they do it happily because they're making yes. a lot of money. Um, that to me is, is I mean, having lived through the lockout, and I've been in, I've been in, we've all lived through these lockouts, right? And I've been on the front lines of the move a couple times too, like talking to players. I mean, Maybe a lockout we don't live through, but so far we've yeah, lived. Through. I know, barely. We barely lived through the last. One. Remember, I had a, I survived the lockout T-shirt. Um, <laughs> all right, so I've I've been in I've been on the phone with people. I've been I've been talking to players. I've been talking to owners. I've been talking, and I've been trying to get players and owners. To, I've been communicating back and forth. I've been the I've been the conduit. I've been in some really interesting situations that one day I'll write a book about, but I can't talk about now. 
or for, for, for until I retire, probably. But I've been I have been in the front line to know what players are thinking during the lockouts, to know what owners are thinking during the lockout, to know the anger that goes on between the two sides, to know the how there's sometimes not anger, how there's understanding that they're not that you know. What, I've had players say to me, "Yeah, I think the owners are right, but I can't say that because Donald Fear you know wants to do this or whatever." I've had owners say, "Yeah, we could give the players more, but if we gave them that, then Donald's going to do this." I've I've been in these conversations and I've been so it's so frustrating to say, "Okay, you guys both want to do the right thing here, but neither is." You both, you both. There's an obvious solution here. That you're going to get to eventually, and they always do get to that solution eventually. But the, uh, but in the meantime, they're gonna, they're gonna, you know, take a pound of, of flesh out of the fans who are the ones who are hurting, or the players who are making less money who are hurting from this. The players who aren't getting eight million dollars a year, guaranteed. Even the if so, not. The, the 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 solution to this is simple. In the next CBA, one of the things that I would assume that the owners. Are going to going to implement or try to implement is a limitation on signing bonus because uh, you know that that elim- that will eliminate the buyout proof lockout proof because yeah. buyout proof lockout proof there's there's the player benefit there's the uh, and then then the benefit for the owner is the contract being less of an AAV if you give them this concession of you know front loaded right. contract on and in the year that the CBA expires. I mean that's where the give and take is. The owners are getting something out of it by by being able to fit more under the cap. So, but but you know until they outlaw it, it's going to be used. Every, like every like in every CBA, you discover a year or two into so- it. I know it's going to be used, and I believe me, I'm fighting something that's like I sound like the idealist in this situation. I understand that. I understand that whole thing. You sound like something, that's for sure. I sound like the idealist. I'm like the idealist here, saying, and I and I'm far from that. I'm a business guy. Like when this kind of stuff, I understand it, but I do look from the fans' perspective, and I do, and I've talked way more. Like I'll tell you right now that when when a lockout happens, I will talk to more third and fourth liners by far, or guys who or guys who just made the league. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll bring up one right now. I'm sure I can bring him up because you probably wouldn't care. The first lockout, Dan Ellis. Okay, and what we all kind of know, he's kind of a public guy. So, all right, he at that time he had just signed a deal or was coming up. I guess he hadn't signed a deal yet, but was coming up in the system of I want to say the Dallas Stars, right? And he was like, he wanted to, he wanted to play. Like he he thought that he had a year here, a chance within that year to make an impact because there was another goalie coming the year after that. And he knew that they had one season basically where he was going to be able to be the backup slash starter for the stars or be a part of that star system. And he, you know, I was talking to him and this is a guy who realized that his career was hanging in the balance. And if they didn't play for an entire year, things could change drastically. Right. And he's just one example. There have been other players, so many players just like that, that have been in the same situation. And I've talked to them. So when these lockouts happen, you know, those players are going to be sitting there looking at the fact that their careers are hanging the balance while the Steven Stamkos to the world. Because I think Stamkos last, like, was lockout proof the last time around. I think he was yeah. on the While well, the Steven Stamkos, who was, and I have total respect for Steven Stamkos, and get what you can get from a contract. I, I can't say you shouldn't do that. It's a free country. But there is a repercussion to this, like that, it just, that does, does, you know, just rebound in the chambers of sound in the hockey world that these people and players deal with. And, I'm not saying there's any answer for it, and I'm saying I'm not idealist. I'm just frustrated with it, but I'm frustrated with the fact that I cannot believe that the owners, because when the owners do it, and then they come and they complain about things, which they will, and I'll sit there and say, well, you know, it's a good thing you're paying the most influential people that you could have on your side in this. Anyway, you know, it's like it's the most frustrating thing because Stamkos is losing a ton of money, and if there's no hockey being played, 
he's going to want to help make sure that they get to the table sooner than later. And instead of just sitting back and saying, okay, we're not playing till January, like we did last time. That's basically what happened. We all knew we were going to play in January. We weren't going to miss an entire year, but we're probably not playing until January. So what the hell? Let's just waste the whole 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 fall. Yeah, and and you know, and, I'm just and a terrible that. negotiator. I'm just letting you know that, Eck. You you. you oh, I'm a good negotiator. Negotiations back. Well, and 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 the whole deal is, you know, it, it, for for a player who's get for a player who's getting that big signing bonus, they're getting that mo- they're getting that money on July first. They're getting that lump sum on July first yeah. when the when the CBA expires. I believe usually it expires in September. So. They can't deny those players the the signing bonus, yeah. And then they have that money to live on in case the in case the season does go into December and January. It's a reality. It's part. It's. If I'm not mistaken, I think Stamkos actually was still drawing his salary. I think that if I remember right, it wasn't just a signing bonus thing. He was actually drawing a salary. His contract was. Was it was it because he was hurt? Wasn't it because? No, he was, no, 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 no. He was still getting paid. And I know players who get hurt. That's another weird loophole, but. No. Um, which I totally, which I think is, a, you know, actually one of the few loopholes that works for the player's advantage. So I'll give it to him. But there, there was, the, I believe, I'm not, it's not, it's more blackout proof, more, more than just the signing bonus. That actually, he was, he was guaranteed to continually get paid even if they didn't play. That, that, that was more frustrating to me than the signing bonus thing. I, I'm, is not as frustrating to me. I want to know yeah. what these, what the lockout proof means nowadays. Maybe it's. We, it's we, if it's we just signing bonus, I'm not as upset about it because signing bonuses always happen anyway, and it can we, only happen one year, so it's not like you can, you know, really. We don't know how many of these these deals have that clause in it. We will probably won't know until we actually get to the point where there is a lockout. Yeah. Now, I, I, just the to trans- yeah, hopefully we avoid it. Just to transition here, and I cannot remember the name of the defenseman who a couple weeks ago, uh, f- the file for arbitration and the team had submitted an offer around two million bucks, and the player had submitted an offer of almost oh. five. Yeah, wait, I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah. there's, well, there's, there's another one that's happening right now, just like yeah, that. That's that's what I was bringing up. Calvin Calvin DeHaan, Russ, you'll yeah. love this. Yes. Calvin DeHaan, the <laughs> Islanders have offered <laughs> on a one-year deal. 1.95, right. 1.95. DeHaan is asking for $5 million. <laughs> That's you could drive a Mack truck through that gap. Yeah. Uh, this when is the amount, when the amount that's between two teams could could set up basically your whole city for the next twenty years. You know, that's something. That's that's something there. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you something based on who the Islanders have in their system and everything else. Based on the fact that they haven't traded him, they might walk away from the uh, arbitration award. The Islanders. Well, I don't, and I'll, I'll check to see what uh, you know what kind of statistics Dehan had last year. I know he had a decent year, but you know, like I mean, if they, if if, if yeah. Dehan gets awarded five million dollars, I could see the Islanders walking away from that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Now, okay, he's twenty six years old. Uh, Dehan had twenty five points, five goals, twenty assists in a full eighty two games. Uh, previous years had sixteen points and twelve points. Not a chance in hell he's getting five million. Um, I would say probably he he's going to get in the mid threes based on mid threes or four, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now who who was the who was the guy? Act? Did you know? I can't find it. I know he's done. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Well, any, anyway, it, it is crazy when this happens. I mean, you wonder why it doesn't happen more often because honestly, now you know. I, at this point, I do kind of wish. Is it baseball that you that they pick one side or the other? Yes. Yeah. That I but, do find it. 
wish that happened here. Um, that would be. But this, but but I think I think what Russ is saying is very possible. If he gets awarded yeah. something that's out of whack, with them having, you know, Mayfield and well, this, yeah, this is no, he's right. And actually, that not just is Russ, not just is Russ right about the, but actually that is part of a strategy here, probably. Yeah, I think that, so. it, that you know that when you ask for that much money, you are in a way hoping for a free agency because yeah. you know because because if you get awarded a certain amount, like they'll you know, so that definitely I think he might be looking. You might know it's another team that's going to give him more than the Islanders. You might want out of the situation for whatever reason. There's a bunch of different possibilities. And I believe he's a UFA at the end of next year anyway because he's 20. Okay, so there you have it. So, yeah. you know. Um, now, also, um, Nino Niederreiter has signed yeah. a five-year deal worth $26.25 yeah. which is a 5.25 AAV yeah. um, for Nino Niederreiter. Well, let's, well let's, let's talk about this in the broad sense that what yeah. would the Islanders look like if they never made this deal? Right. Would this that, well, a lot. I mean, for John that, Tavares? That's, that's the title of the Islanders' story for the last 20 years, though. No, no, but think about this. He may have <laughs> been the player to put with John Tavares. Yeah. But they yeah. didn't wait for him to become that player. They didn't wait for him. And he had moments when he showed it. Yeah. yeah. And he's no, becoming I mean, a player they, now. And the thing yeah. I most respect about this deal is this. He does not have a no movement clause. He said he didn't want a no movement clause. I love this. This is the this to me. So he says because if it, if, it, if a team wants me wants to trade me, I don't want it. I don't want. I've it always here. liked Niederreiter's attitude. It's always been good like that. Like a good I mean, awesome with that. I know that's just like, I mean, such a great thing. Just I mean to say, and it's hard. I don't. I guess there's part of that. I mean, you know, that he's. So you guys know that obviously I put I put family above everything, and, and there are times when it was you know, to me that's the only thing I can see about this is like. The thing about a no movement clause is that you can control your family situation. So if you have kids who are need special help or in school or whatever, I mean, I can never move because my son needs help for certain things. It's just saying things like to me, like that's like something that I. But well, if you're see single, I don't know what Nina is. This is like awesome for me. Well, let, let me just say this: I don't think Nita Writer earned a lot of friends at the PA with this deal. Yeah. One because of the no move clause that I didn't even know about until until now. But the other thing is. He's a three-time 20-goal scorer. He had his best year. I think it was over 50 points last year, his best year. And he gets a five-year deal. That's great. $5.25 million is not like, and, you know, and I, I'm not saying that he should have gotten as much as, say, Brad Marchand or, or Tarasenko or somebody like that. He's not a star winger, but he's a top-six winger. And 5.25 is very, very team friendly when you look at the fact that yeah i think so when you look I mean, at the fact that guys like and i'll i'll just use the leaf perspective here william william nylander next year is an rfa coming off his entry level deal he's had one year 60 points if, even if he has another year where he scores just as much using in the comparable of a guy like nita Ryder, how can a guy a guy like william nylander say oh i want six and a half to seven million he can't no. Comparable. Every team uses comparables. You know, here I'm going to give you the stat that you probably don't think about with Niederreiter. That's probably the most damning to the Islanders and most really great stat for him and the Wild. And that is, in the last four years, the least amount of games he's played is 80. Yeah. Yeah. Last two years, he's played every single game of the season. When he was with the Islanders, they played him for 55 games. Uh, our buddy, our buddy cousin Eddie, uh, let me know on Twitter. It was Brian Dumoulin. Oh, Dumoulin thank you, thank you. Yeah. Dumoulin, Dumoulin's. Uh, I think he right. was asking for over four, and and the and the Penguins were offering him under two, 
And that it, that was the biggest gap between. And that's still closer than this, like a lot closer than this. Right, that's two million. This is th this is three. This is three million for Dehan. So you may be very well right, Act, that he's looking he's looking for the Islanders. You know, yeah. there probably is a compromise in terms of the the arbitrator. If he says okay, three point nine, like what Hamannick made, say like that. Yeah, yeah they, it's, they, uh, I, I believe they, that they that's can walk away. Yeah, they can um, walk. So this is interesting because you say like so five point two five million for a twenty goal scorer. A for, regular, a three, a for three times, no, so say he's like say he's that, a three times twenty goal scorer. Let's say he's a twenty goal scorer in the NHL. So he's like, yeah. um, that's what you expect from him. He's going to score yes. twenty goals. He goes somewhere more. between twenty and twenty-five. That's what he yeah. gets. Twenty or twenty-five goals. So even at twenty-five goals, you're looking at, at for a five a five million dollar player at twenty-five goals is two hundred thousand dollars in goal. Mm -hmm. All right. So. Um, is that what we're looking at in the NHL now, like two hundred thousand dollars a goal? Like, is that no, really? you're like, spending. You're if Edmonton's spending four hundred and fifty thousand on a goal uh, for for Connor McDavid per goal. Right. Well, I mean, he's got point. He's an assist guy too. So. Right. I'm saying, but what, for a goal yeah. scorer, you know, I'm trying to see, like, you know, what is that? So, like, basically, two hundred thousand times fifty. He's a second line winger. So that's a ten million dollar player. So a fifty goals, a fifty goal scorer is a ten million dollar player in the NHL. I guess it's yeah. about right. Yeah, I guess we're looking right. about two hundred thousand dollars a goal. I think that's fair. Yep, <laughs> that's pretty good. Not bad where we can get it. Hey, I got to mention something because we we had this big discussion about it once, and I just saw a quote. Um, Roger Goodell got quoted in the NFL saying he doesn't believe there's any team that ever tries to tank. And clearly, <laughs> there are. Like the team I root for, the New York Jets, yes. are trying to tank. He's and, obviously never watched hockey. But that's the thing. I think commissioners for all sports should get off of this topic. Because it's a no-win conversation. Yes, yes because because it makes them look it makes them look suspicious. Like it makes it them does. really. Well, I see. I, I think the problem is is that is that commissioners don't understand the dif the differentiation between per between purposely losing and you know between throwing games and tanking. Tanking right. is you're making your team bad so they don't win. You're not fixing the game. Right, and that and that and that, that's the, and that's the thing. It's like okay, the New York Jets suck. They you know they don't have a they don't have a quarterback this year. They don't have an offensive line. They don't have a they they have a you know they don't have a defensive backfield. They did that for a reason. They want the first pick in the NFL draft. That's the reason that they did it. The Philadelphia 76ers did the same thing. The Sabers did it two years in a row. The Leafs did it in 2015, 2015-16. It's part of the tactics of professional sport now. That's what you do. So I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with it. No, you, but I just think commissioners should stop denying it. No, right. And professional leagues, they've put in place. You know, they've put in place mechanisms like the draft lottery that prevent teams from being able to directly benefit to guarantee themselves right. a first overall pick. So it's not like if you're the Philadelphia 76ers and you finish nine and 73, you're you're guaranteeing them getting the number one pick in the draft. They have a, what a 25 percent chance. Yeah. Let's let's not forget. The Pittsburgh Penguins tanked once upon a time. Yeah. Right. Right. Yes. Right. That's yeah. No. No. That. Yeah, and 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 it it turned around their franchise. I mean, I don't even remember who the goaltender was that they put in the last game of the season, <laughs> the year before the Mario Lemieux draft. That basically, uh, you know, he was. It was like, you know, let let these let these goals in. You know, take me, I'm yours. And, no, you know, that was the second time they tanked. They, you know, they tanked in our era too. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's really true. 
Um, all right. So I wanted before we get out before we get out of here today, I wanted to, well I do have on on the on um on Hockey Buzz right now I have a what the heck blog up, which is always fun to do. Um, especially you know when there's nothing else to write about like today. Um, to get to get you guys thinking and throw questions out there. Feel free. There's a lot of art. There's a lot of good good um, questions on there. I don't really want to get into them on here, but I do want to read some of the YouTube comments and talk to you a little bit about Patreon um, because we have some news on that too. So, um, all right. So, well, why, okay. while you're looking that up, let me, let's, I'll, I'll just fill for a minute here. Uh, there was an article in Newsday yesterday regarding the Belmont Park initiative. Um, it sounds like they're, there is movement forward here uh, on the part of the state to th that the, the possibility of a new arena being built at Belmont Par Park and the Islanders being a part of it. It sounds like there, there, there is progress being made toward that. The question is, that, though, I mean, can they, Russ, can they stay at Barclays for a year or two while this building is being built? Well, they can or definitely stay there another year. Barclays said that they would, you know, let them stay another year after this one, even though they could kick them out if they wanted to. Right. Uh, I guess if the price were right, they certainly could. It would be up to the Barclays people. But again, we've heard all this before. Until there's actual ink on a piece of paper, right? it's just in a newspaper. That's the way I have to look at it now. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and, and the Islanders fans are definitely going to look at it that way because they've been oh, yeah. roller coaster so many times. Right. Um, I remember like B.D. Gallif, uh, who used to write for Hockey Buzz back during the Lighthouse Project stuff, was a, became like a basically a uh, an expert on Long Island uh, and Long Island law and all the different aspects to it while while yep. running down the as, as most people have out there to try to figure out what the hell is going to happen next and what has to happen for the for the uh, Lighthouse Project to go through. It was a disaster. So all yeah. the way through um, Lighthouse Project, one of definitely one of the Islanders' low points in their history. Um, so um, we got it. So, so on, on YouTube, you guys have been watching it a great number. We really appreciate it. It's been so great. Um, over a thousand views on Friday's show, which is amazing for for this time of year. So thank you so much. Um, Filler Rap had a nice comment. DB had a not so nice comment. But uh, What's Filler the not had a so nice, nice comment. What did the not so nice comment? Um, I'm not going to, I wouldn't want to do that because it's <laughs> be a troll. Um, so, but you know, DB, all I can say is um, I don't think that that's true. I don't think, I don't think Russ would say that about me. Anyway, um, Filler Rap. Um, <laughs> I mean, you'll have to ask him. Um, I am me. Okay, so somehow, um, I guess we were talking about Al Montoya and, you know, in that show and talking about, you know, Mo Montreal and, you know, so he says, Russ, that means relying on Al Montoya to spot you 10 to 15 wins in his 20 to 25 starts. I guess talking about Montreal still being a, being a solid playoff team. Do you think the Montreal defense won't be exposed in those games? We know Price can bail the, the D out in 55 of his starts, but Montoya and the majority of his. Montoya's been a solid backup. I mean, yeah. well, he says, I'm a longtime Islanders fan, and I remember Montoya as a starter for us. We were bad. Different player. He's, he's been better on, on Montreal. Yeah. Yeah, he was he good. We he was good. Then, but he didn't help out our poor defense on those nights. He was yeah, good okay, but wait. Heck, you're the Montreal expert even more than us. Don't you believe Montoya's had a better run in Montreal than he has with the Islanders? Yes, um, because of the kind of team defense that Montreal plays, basically. The kind of goal he is. Montoya is – people forget how highly touted Montoya was. Oh, I remember. I was there at that draft. I thought yeah. he would be that, too. Yeah, he was considered a definite starter in the NHL. Like, there yes. was no question about it, right? He was one of those guys. And he has had a really – He's had a renaissance. He was good in Winnipeg. Yeah. He was good in Florida as the backup for Luongo. I mean, yeah. he's, I think he's – He's had a good career in times, at times, you know, and he's, had, he's, been, he's become a basically – 
perfect backup. And he's very good. You know, as a starter, he has had issues, but the starter issue, you know, in, in the island, I mean, that was well, any, everyone was having starter issues in the island at that point. Here's where, again, I question what, what's going on in Montreal, because I heard a report over the weekend that the plan for the Canadians is to play Montoya more and to play Price less, right. to, play, to play Price 50 to 55 games, which means Montoya will play 25 to 30. And if that's the case, you need more offense, and they don't have it. Right, and I think that that's the obvious thing with Montreal, right? That is, that's definitely the big case, and whether Montreal is going to ever get more offense together or not. Now, I've heard, and we talked a little bit about Montreal, and just sort of elaborate a little bit, a little bit of rumor world for you now. We talked about Montreal last uh, week, and I and over the weekend, I wrote, you know, more about what are they saving this cap space for? Because that was definitely something that came up with a couple people I talked to over the weekend. Um, right. who believe Montreal does have a plan for the cap space, although, and and you know, the the one thing about you know. The, the, the GM in Montreal and Montreal in general is they've been very crafty at making deals in groups in a way. Like they, they actually do put things together. They, they will make a trade to make another trade. This is one, one of the few teams that does that pretty well. So a lot of people think that they're either going to get in under Shane or that they're trying to make another move along those lines where they're going to bring in a six to seven million dollar player, but they have to do a couple things along the way to get before they can do that. Um, probably picking up some defense or something, some kind of defender, because that's what that's what really is wanted in in Colorado. So if they're going to make Duchesne, that's what they have to do. If they're going to pick up another big name player, um, or you know, make an offer sheet for Drysital or something like that, which well, I don't think is going to happen. But I'm just saying that you know, I think that I don't well, want to get into the offer sheet debate again. Yeah, but um, that's a whole no, I, I was just I was just gonna say in terms of Colorado, you still have the Zadorov situation that's unresolved, and you know the, the the speculation a week or so ago was that if they didn't get him signed by the end of July because KHL training camps are opening up, that he was gonna sign in sign in Russia, and we've already seen Markov go, we've seen a couple other players go, and it doesn't seem there seems to be an impasse here in terms of how much money now he's using it as leverage, but I'll tell you right now. They've got no NHL defensemen. They've got three, three or four at the most. The rest of them are, you know, guys like David Worsofsky, and they've signed a few guys who might be able to step in. But right now, I mean, I'm puzzled by what Joe Sackick is doing because you, that that team is right now operating on, on sort of a bare bones budget, and they they only have they have less than forty guys signed to pro contracts. It's bizarre. Yeah, yeah. No, it's true. I mean, yeah. it, but again. We'll see. We'll see how to camp. There a, I mean, they do tend to plan long term. I yeah. mean, not in Colorado, I mean, but in Montreal. Well, they, they, they can, in Colorado, we don't know. I really don't know what's happening. And I, I have to think that something is, though. Like, I have to think that there's something going on there that we don't know about, that, that some deal is going to come along, that they're going to pull like a, like a two for four player trade off or something like that that, that, enabled, that they know about. That, and maybe Montreal is the perfect team to do that with. I don't maybe. know. It could be. I mean, Montreal has the ability to do that. I mean, at some point, you know, I read some articles this weekend. I think it was, um, I'm not sure who wrote it, but it was a really well-respected hockey writer who said that at some point, maybe they should just look at trading McKinnon because they have, they could actually, they could actually get something for him. And right now, don't do that though. And I'll tell you why. I, I always go back to like, here's an example. Okay. So like in baseball, when you're at the trading deadline and you trade the player you need to trade to a contender, cause you're not, going to contend this year and you get three prospects right what are the odds that those three right. prospects are going to be good so like when you trade nathan mckinnon 
you'll get one guy with a name and then you'll get some other prospects. Maybe right. you'll even get two guys, like one with a big name, one with a little <laughs> bit of a question mark around him, and then prospects. What are the odds that that is going to fill your needs of your team and make you a winner? More okay. times than not, it doesn't. Okay. You, use, use, a, use a team like, say, Montreal or Carolina, two teams that need a number one center right now. If, if you put together a deal, say from the Carolina perspective, from the Colorado perspective that you would want from Carolina to trade for Nathan McKinnon, you would probably start with a, with a Noah Hannafin. You'd probably ask for a first round pick. You'd probably ask for a young guy like an Ajo or a Lindholm. At a certain point, it doesn't become beneficial for Carolina because you're giving three or four young pieces and Colorado is going to want guys who are not like, B prospects. They're going to want A prospects, and they're going to want a lot of them for a guy like McKinnon. And it's it's sort of counterproductive. And you know, I don't think that there there is a way that that deal gets done. So it makes more sense to trade a guy like Duchesne, who's got two years left, who had a bad season last year, um, and who needs to move on. You'll still get value for him, but you don't trade a franchise cornerstone when he's what twenty three years old. Right. Well, he's yeah, a little old. 24 maybe. No, but, yeah. I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I, you know, as McKinnon is in a weird spot because I think he's a, he, even though he is a star and a um, bordering on superstar type player, I do think that he needs, he needs to have a certain role on a team that he doesn't have that role on that team at all. Like I, I, he was like, much better. He could have better players around him. It wouldn't hurt. Yeah. Better players around him. And just like what I really, what I really, when I loved Nathan McKinnon the most, and I've said this many times, I'm like a broken book, but watching the world cup of hockey, when, what he did with that team, when he was on that team, was he was the guy who was a skilled player, but also didn't mind going to the dirty spots, kind of had a lot of Sidney Crosby in him, was like really, you know, physical, um, would, would like would spar it up with players and, you know, showed a whole nother side to him that made him respect him a whole lot more than I did before because he's he's had to be just the skilled guy in Colorado because they don't have any, they don't have enough scoring, right? So if when he was in another situation where he could be more, like a, like a power forward, he was way better, um, I thought. Um, so there were a couple of what the they're kind of funny. I'll just throw it back and then we'll get out of here today. Okay. Um, I really appreciate you guys doing it. Everybody's getting into it. That's always fun. It's a fun game to play, I think. And I love I love talking to you guys like this stuff. So um, anyway, here's a good one. Um, where, where I just lost it. Okay. Here. Uh, oh, shoot. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Here we go. Got it. Uh, DJ Baker, 0513, a season ticket holder from Columbus. Really appreciate you being a senior holder, what the heck are you doing when you keep calling the center for the Preds, Johansson? He is not from Europe. It is pronounced Joe Hansen. <laughs> All right, I appreciate that. That's that's actually a good point. Um, I'm from Philly, so I just put Yo in front of anything. Um, <laughs> best, best I can say, but yeah, cool. it is Joe Hansen, and I do apologize for that. <laughs> that's that's for sure. Um, can can I say that's a little nitpicky? Sorry. In the internet, no, I can't imagine that. Um, all right, and then then here's one from Straight to the Point. What the heck? If you had to choose only one flavor of Fig Newton Sweet for the rest of your life, what flavor would you choose and why? Russ? One player to watch for the rest of your life? No, one flavor of Fig Newtons to eat for the rest oh, of your Fig life. Fig Newton? I'm sorry. <laughs> a, a truck drove by. A Fig Newton? Yes. You know Fig Newtons come in multiple flavors now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, cherry. Cherry, okay. Mike? I'm a traditionalist. I, I like the regular Fig Newton. Yeah, I like strawberry fig newtons. I'll throw it out there. But um, yeah, yeah, I think 
but, that, but I'm, I'm okay with regular Fig Newtons too. There's, they really are good. Uh, Nature's Best, I think, make great Fig Newtons. They're, they're organic. They're amazing. You can get them at Wegmans around us. But that's like, they're really, they are, they are like a staple in this house. Um, and I guess one for you all throughout there. Um, someone wants to know this question, Mike. Um, I know this is kind of a Toronto question, so let's get you this one. Uh, this is Claude1971, Maple Leafs fan that you're probably familiar with. Um, who writes, um, what the heck are the Leafs doing with Connor Brown? Um, I wrote about it over the weekend. I somehow think that the re – I think they have a deal in principle with Connor Brown, but they have 49 contracts. They have one one left. If there's an opportunity out there to sign somebody who comes loose, like, you know, if Calvin DeHaan all of a sudden comes loose, or, you know, if there's a, a guy that they uh, – uh, that they may in, invite in on a uh, professional tryout that they want to make room for. They have flexibility right now because they're at 49. And if they sign Brown, they're 50. They have no flexibility. And then right. if they try to trade somebody away like Eric Fair or Roman Pola, or I'm sorry, uh, or, uh, or Alexi Marchenko or Martin Marinson, the other team will hold them up because they know that they're trying to create room for a player. So I think right. they have a deal. I think they're just waiting you know, for another opportunity to add a player and they're keeping a little flexibility and it'll get done before training camp. All I know is that I talked to Connor Brown as part of the media scrum a couple weeks ago. He wasn't stressed out about it. Neither was Lou Lamorello. So I think there's nothing to worry about. And nobody's nobody's offering an offer sheet here if, if his agent and he are on board with sticking in Toronto, which as a Toronto native and a longtime Leaf fan, he is. So I, I, yeah, I don't Mike is it. guaranteeing this. This is a stone-cold lock. <laughs> yeah, uh, okay. Uh, what's the best place to get a Philly cheesesteak? Papa Scott wants to know. Um, Jim Steakout in Buffalo. It's Tony Luke's. You, you wouldn't go to Buffalo for a cheesesteak. No offense, Buffalo. <laughs> you, you are always it's a, hoagie. Though, right? it's a hoagie in Buffalo. Yeah. Russ, did you like a good cheesesteak in your time that you ate meat? Uh, I did eat it when it was in my time. I, I wasn't big on the cheese part. I've gotten used to eating a chicken cheesesteak now, so I'm good with okay. that. And, and I think Tony Luke's has the best. I... I, I haven't eaten the regular cheesesteak everywhere because obviously I stopped eating meat in this area, but I, I I think Luke's is best on on the chicken. Now tomorrow, tomorrow's show is exciting, Eck, because I'm going to go to this place called Smokes Poutine, and I'm going to be trying their veggie poutine that they have. Wow. So much wrong with that statement, veggie. <laughs> yeah. No, the first the first thing wrong about it is the word poutine. It's just ugh, it's gross. Aren't 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 potatoes vegetables anyway? Yeah, they're vegan. Yeah. Right, so it's, it's the gravy, I guess, that's not? It's just the gravy. I don't even – they probably still put cheese, which isn't vegan. But if they don't – they they may have a, a vegan cheese, which I'm fine with too. Either way, the gravy is vegan, and I'm going to try it, and I, I, I'm excited. Okay, um, cool. Thank you very much. Um, my my opinion – That was so dismissive. Anybody who's <laughs> right there now – I, mean, I, I can't even imagine. I'm trying to picture it. Anybody who's vegan out there, please tweet to this man that he is dismissive of you. Thank you. I am not dismissive of vegans. My wife is vegan, for crying out loud. I completely, I would be hard. Well, that's the reason why you're being dismissive. Right. My you're children, treating my me like your know, wife. That's the problem. I do so with horrible grief and guilt around her. It's just horrible. It's just, I mean, <laughs> no, when, when she's out, you can ask my kids. When she has to stay late at work or, is, or like some kind of conference or whatever, we go to Texas Roadhouse, which we will do this evening. Um, <laughs> we will go there. And um, and the kids like, oh, yeah, we're at Texas Roadhouse. I always send her a picture of it from where they're there. So, yeah. So, anyway, she's. Just because I, you know, you don't want to. I feel bad, you know. Anyway, so is your wife also vegan? Dressed? Yeah, yeah. You see, that's easy. You can't. The problem is, I, eat, you know, my wife could not possibly eat 
not eat enough meat to make up for the meat that I eat. So that's my, the issue. Like, my my wife my wife is not vegan because I don't have a wife. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah, um, the blow up dolls don't don't have. No, a, stop it. Like find a way. If there's something yes. you can do, let's go to Patreon.com/slash/hockey. And um, so we have not talked about Patreon for a while because there were some issues there that we can't get into. But that was nothing to do with uh, partially our fault, partially someone else's. I won't say whose. But um. We are actually, there are still many of you that are supporting us there. We very much appreciate this. And we have dropped the ball on this to a large degree. I've dropped the ball on this because of so many different things, which we can't explain. But it seems as if we figured out all the quirks, okay? And so we're kicking back in. And as a result of this, I, we want, I wanted to do something special for you, all you guys who have supported us from the beginning. Um, and that is to actually, we're making like a Hockey Buzzcast t-shirt that I'm going to get out to all the people, regardless of how much they're putting in, okay? So I've... I've um, so I think there's 20 some of you right now. I'm gonna check out. I like we're gonna do that. Um, yeah, the only, and, the only people who are not gonna get it are us, Russ. Russ. <laughs> no, 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 no. So this is a. So this is this is. I mean, I wanted. I'm coming up. I came up with a couple really cool, t-shirt designs with Hockey Buzz Cast. And uh, what we're gonna do is we're going to send this out to you guys. So I'm gonna put up a post. You'll see it tomorrow. Um, and we'd love it if you guys could. You know, what Patreon is basically, is a site to help support. Um, independent content. There's 24 of you right now, which is great. Um, there was like 40 of you, and I don't blame the people who dropped off. But if you would do me a favor and you want to drop back on today, this is the last day of July, okay? So if you drop back on today, um, anyone who's a, anyone who is a season date holder of ours, uh, not season, but a Patreon of ours, as of Monday, which is the seventh? No, the seventh. Yes, no, the as seventh. of let's, let's say as of that's no, too late. Let's say the Let's say yeah. Okay, let's say the seventh. If you're if you're if you're a Patreon by the seventh on Monday, then you'll be you'll be able to you know. And at least you're doing like five dollars a month if you're new. If you're just doing one dollar a month and you're old, you're gonna get a shirt. If you're new, five dollars, whatever. I'm gonna redo all this stuff so, so it makes sense. But we're gonna do something for you guys and start this thing again um, because we really need it to help to help support the show. It, it's expensive to do this. Um, Mike and Russ do it out of the goodness of their own heart, basically. Um, and uh, we love we love doing it. We love we love coming to every and so patreon.com slash hockey really simple um, But just patreon.com slash hockey you can go there. You can you can do one dollar um, Per show you can do one dollar a month. You can do um, which one dollar a show is like, you know, what like there's 20 shows a month roughly um, Which is great. There's all different kinds of prizes on there. I'm gonna be revamping the whole thing August 1st is tomorrow Jump on board if you can. That would be awesome and help us out. And we will also get back to doing some more stuff for you guys now that we know we've got all the kinks worked out with Patreon. Um, and we really appreciate those who have supported us up till now. It's meant the world to us. It's helped us keep going. So if you can continue that, that'd be great. And if you want to jump on now because you find that this show is worth something to you, you like you like look forward to it every day. I we annoy you. That's fine. Yeah, I support a bunch of bunch of other podcast like a, a couple of one dollars a month a month a couple of five dollars a month yeah you don't you donate like, a, you donate a thousand dollars a month i pr i promise to go away <laughs> yeah i mean with a thousand <laughs> basically there's 1700 subscribers to this site to, to this podcast you know if everyone did a dollar a month that would easily that would be wonderful you know um that's all we it doesn't have to be a lot from it and one dollar a month i mean what is that really so if you can help us out if it's worth it to you thank you so much we appreciate it um, and so patreon.com slash hockey for more information and then check over the weekend if you're if you are if you are um, a patreon look for, look for the special um, post in there in the page in the patreon only section for posts where I'll, I'll you know be able to help 
get your address and get you out something so that we can get this. Because um, it's kind of a cool t-shirt. It says, without the buzz, it's just hockey and has like the Budcast, Buzzcast logo on it. So it's going to be very cool. You guys will like it. I'll, we'll have it for you to show to you today or tomorrow. Um, also, check out the Laidlaw and Allen podcast, which is on Hockey Buzz right now. This is um, of all the people I've, I've met throughout this journey of mine in the hockey world, and there are hundreds of them. Um, there are probably not two more interesting people to talk to than Kevin Allen and Tom Laidlaw. And we're going to get them on together on the Hockey Buzzcast at some point in the near future to kind of promote the show and do all that stuff. Um, there's actually a thought about maybe doing that tomorrow. I talked to them briefly, so we'll talk to you about that later, Mike, and figure out what we're going to do. But, um, but yeah, so this is Kevin Allen, USA Today, Tom Laidlaw, who's a former NHLer, former player agent, was with the Rangers, was the player agent for, you know, lots of uh, interest, interesting situations like Brian Berard, you remember that one, Brian Boucher. Um, he's, he's, you know, Laidlaw, and, Laidlaw and, and Kevin Allen are two of the funniest people I've known. They're, they have great stories, um, and they're writing a book together right now about all these incredible, Laidlaw has awesome stories, and no one, and of course, Kevin just has a great way of telling his story. So um, check this out for sure. It's, it's, it's down below. You'll see Laidlaw and Allen. You know, check them out and, and let, let us know what you think. So uh, I guess that's all the time we have for today. But again, thanks for watching. Thanks for supporting us and sticking with us. And keep telling your friends. Remember to subscribe down be down below. Like the podcast if you like it. Make it leave a comment. We'll discuss the next show. We we like and we like in the comment section. You guys all said you really like us talking about your comments. We we love doing that because you know we love interacting. Keep the comments obviously respectful, or else we won't talk about them. Um, or if we do, we'll, we'll we'll talk about them off the air and have fun with them. So, as long as you're watching and telling your friends, you know we appreciate it. Um, remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. We will talk to you tomorrow. See you then. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.